the video that got my attention was I filled my friend's backyard with a million Orbeez um, or something like that to that extent. And it's Orbeez are like this the little pet, you know, pellets that when you put them in water, they expand. And it showed a picture of him basically swimming in a pool of Orbeez, which... Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my co-host, Aaron Magnuson. Aaron, we got a fun conversation today. I'm excited about this. We sure do. I'm thrilled about everybody listening right now. Welcome to the podcast. Brought to you by Amplify Social Media. Amplify Social Media. You are rocking the t-shirt today. And the hat. hat. Oh, you're double duty. uh, I didn't want to come on too strong, but I wanted to come on strong. Uh, Also, this is like a super comfortable shirt. Also, it was made in the Philippines, so it's a 4XL, the largest (laughs) shirt I have, but it fits me great. And the sleeves are like super long on it. That's hilarious. I, I took Katie told me to take the tag off on the sleeve. I wasn't sure what to do though. Uh, so it, it is one of the uniquenesses of uh, shirts made. I love it though. I, think, I love it. I don't know if I was a four X or five X, but I remember it was just like uh, it made me feel some type of way when I first put it on. But then the shirt was so comfy, I was like, I don't care. Yes, I was definitely a giant in the Philippines. Uh, and Aaron, I would love to see you in the Philippines. I can't wait. Us I feel short and tiny next to you. Um, and so that's not true. When that's the, not true. When You're... the Magnusons come to the Philippines, uh, oh, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. But that, is, but that is where our team is and they make excellent content. Everything that you're hearing, seeing, and, uh, if you're watching this clip on social media, yeah, uh, it was made by them. Yeah, and, and they we, can and help you out too. But, I was literally yeah. Aaron just on a call with uh, Gerilyn, our CEO, um, putting together some packages uh, for churches, and so we're actually putting together a a uh, you know I'd say an entry level package that is just doing shorts. Uh, so as we just did an episode uh, about the yeah. power of vertical video, we were saying we need a package that is just helping churches create two or three you know, short form vertical videos a week uh, yes. to drive engagement. If, you know, we can't help with everything else, that's the one thing that's going to move the needle probably more than anything else uh, while we're also providing kind of full turnkey packages. So if your church needs help with social media or if they just want some extra help running um, some uh, or creating some extra vertical videos, uh, our yeah. team is there uh, to help you. So go to amplifysocial.media uh, and we'd love to help you. But... Aaron. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean to go down that rabbit trail. I just wanted people to know I'm wearing a 4X shirt today. Uh, (laughs) It's a good rabbit trail to go down because we want to help people with social media. uh, And we're grateful for our team that creates this podcast for us. We just literally record uh, and then we go about our day and then we get to hear from all of our listeners and engage with everybody without doing the heavy lifting of editing and distributing and all that. And then we get a report every month that says, here's how many people listen. Here's, uh, all exactly. the engagement we got, and so it is. It is so fun. And all the others, and all this is not the only one they do. All the other people uh, that they're creating the podcast for, where all the person has to think about is hitting record, and then we just get the content. Uh, <laughs> it is it amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but not as amazing as what we're talking about today. We're talking about Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. And, and for the two people that don't know who that is, Nils. So, well, Aaron, I would love to know what before. Uh, I spoke about Mr. Beast. 
what was your or where did you find Mr. Beast or had you heard of Mr. Beast? What, what's your knowledge of Mr. Beast? Uh, yeah. So I, I used to be one of those three people that did not know Mr. Beast until Nils started talking about Mr. Beast. Wow. Um, and I feel, well, now, so I'm going to ask you a question Yes. because I kind of answered that one in true to form. I'm going to ask you a question after you ask me a question. Did you know about Mr. Beast if it wasn't for your daughters? Yes. Okay. So got it. I, I'm the one that found Mr. Beast in our house. Uh, oh, and, okay. and I found him. He, he posted a video that was so intriguing to me and it's, it's the, it's the ultimate Mr. Beast. So for those that don't know Mr. Beast, I'll just, I'll just explain Mr. Yes. Mr. Beast is the fastest growing YouTuber in the history of YouTube. He makes videos primarily for like for 12 to 20 year olds. Um, and they're typically like, I'm giving away a million dollars. I'm giving away an Island. I'm doing these over the top activities. And so the video that got my attention was I filled my friend's backyard with a million Orbeez. Um, or something like that to that extent. And it's Orbeez are like this, the little pet, you know, pellets that when you put them in water, they expand. And it showed a picture of him basically swimming in a pool of Orbeez, which looks like, like if you're in like an old ball pit, which is disgusting that they don't have, it's disgusting that they used to have those. I'm glad that. Oh, they still have them. Okay. This is a side note. I was, I was at a trampoline place this weekend and I can send you a video. I'll send it to you after this. My wife grabbed a video of a kid laying, it's three feet of balls, yeah. laying in a ball pit, and he's licking the balls. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I know that moment. They do still exist. I was there less than 48 hours and ago, and it was a problem. Exist. Uh, <laughs> That's and, right. But it's Texas, baby. We, we do different Texas. things down here in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but but so, he filled his backyard with Orbeez. So he filled somebody's backyard with Orbeez. Okay. Uh, and it sounds like I was curious. I was like, yeah, what is this? Did he really fill a backyard with Orbeez? So I had to watch it, and it was weird. Uh, but it like it hooked me all the way through the end of the video, and then I watched a couple other videos, and I subscribed and started seeing his other videos popping up, and I was like, and I remember thinking this guy's like buying ads or something like how like where is he coming from this isn't that good of content but but i've just watched him over the last probably four years and i and i was like my kids with them you know i was just like hey this is something that my kids could watch too so we started watching it together and yeah it was just um entertaining now when mr beast uploads a video it's like new beast new beast and it's like a family announcement where it's like Oh, everybody's coming in the living room except for Katie. Katie can't stand Mr. Beast, my wife. Um, and so I, yeah, so we, though, me and the kids, we love Mr. Beast. It's what, like, Dude Perfect was that. We, we're no longer like yeah. Dude Perfect. It's like, ah, oh, we'll watch it if we're watching it. But Beast is like, when there's a new Mr. Beast video, we're watching it as soon as we can possibly watch it. Um, wow. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. to where, I mean, he, and, and I shared in my, my presentation, we'll talk about that in a minute, uh, that he's now spending about $1.4 million on every video that he creates for YouTube. And it's just- You heard that correctly. He is spending $1.4 million yes. on every video. Yes. I, th- I Yeah, I heard your presentation on this. I said, Nils, this is too good to just be heard on certain stages. So we're going to give you a version of this presentation here. That's what this episode is about. Nils has done a whole deep dive into Mr. Beast. But what I'm, what, what I'm, and I heard you say that in the presentation. And now I'm trying to think like there, there has to be certain like movies 
in like TV shows that cost less than what he's spending on the YouTube video. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And how long are the videos, Nils? You know, the, they range, but typically about 15 minutes. Uh, 1.4 million for 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And there's dudes spending 1.4 for 90 minute movie. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. That's crazy. It is crazy. And how many views are these videos getting? <laughs> you know, I think that's what's really crazy. I mean, I'm yeah. guessing the average video that he's putting out is getting about 100 million views. Um, but several are getting over 200 million views. Uh, and, and that was the average. And, and, you know, I don't know exactly what the average is uh, because it's it's fluctuating. What he would say, though, is it almost doesn't matter how many views you get. It matters how much percentage of video view uh, is what he's yep. looking at and total minutes watched because that's where YouTube can sell more ads, that's which right. is how he makes his money primarily. We're going to get the, into that at the end. I thought it was so fascinating. I think there was like the top three metrics that he cared about. And you shared a, a YouTube short that he yeah. was sharing on another podcast. But 1.4 million per video. And then it, it, they're getting about 200, well, 100 million to 200 yeah. million. That's like the average, right? There there could be they're high, some higher, some a little bit lower. Yes. How many times is he releasing these videos? So how often is he spending 1.4 million? Yeah, he's uh, about one, one, one or two a month is about- Which is crazy. Which is crazy. But so he though also has- like five channels. And so he has like a reaction where he literally has a channel where he's watching videos and reacting to them. And those are getting tens of millions of views. Uh, and then he's got another beast philanthropy where he actually is just talking about how he's giving away his money and how he's helping people and get basically giving kids ideas of how they can help their local communities. It's really like, it's one of those things like he's a really like, pure guy you know like he has pure intentions i don't hear anything about jesus so i don't i don't know anything about his faith background now i learned in his interviews uh he does curse a lot outside of his own videos um okay. and uh but he at the end of the day just wants to help people uh is that what seems to come across he lives in his studio in like a little apartment he created in his studio uh doesn't drive he used to have a tesla i think is what he said uh, but now he's got like a Honda and like he just has this simple life and he doesn't want stuff. He literally reinvests all of his money that he makes yeah. into making more videos and giving that money away to people in need uh, or not people in need because he just does all these contests where it's like win an island and random people win yep. million dollar assets. Uh, so it's it's crazy. Uh, yes. But I think there are so many things that I think you see crazy sometimes uh it, as a church leader ministry leader and we're just like this has nothing to do with me i think right now like yes. trump nft we could we could go down a whole path about trump's nft thing and people just say that's crazy and church leaders say there's not i think there's things that church leaders could learn from trump's nft project we're not talking about that maybe we'll yes. do another episode on that later um but i think mr beast uh is somebody who has basically gone from nobody knowing knowing who he was four years ago to now He's on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, on the cover of Forbes, uh, and has an estimated, this is crazy, Aaron, estimated net worth of $9 billion. Uh, when you when people have estimated how much his companies and Gosh. YouTube channels are worth, and his that's, companies and are all built it. on the back of YouTube. 
and that and that is it. But yeah, and we're going to get into some practicals here of the learnings because I do agree, Nels. I think people could be listening to this. Awesome. We're not going to spend more than five dollars creating the YouTube video. Well, that's a lie because you got to think about who's uh, how much you're paying the people to, to create the videos. I think sometimes churches can can lose the the cost of the people in the room that it takes. However, uh, we're not going to spend very much money making a video. Like what on earth? You know, we're not going to be producing one a month. We're not. You know. So there, but there are learnings. And so I think sometimes uh, church leaders, which is why we have a listening audience that listens to this podcast, either they don't understand it well enough to connect the dots or they don't have the bandwidth. And I think the the latter is more often true than, than the former. They don't have the bandwidth to connect the dots of like, okay, Nils, you watched a ton of Mr. Beast videos. Awesome. I was doing sermon prep or I was editing my pastor's videos or I was creating all the social content, right? I didn't have time to watch Mr. Beast. Um, which is why I think uh, you doing these deep dives, uh, and I'll give all the credit uh, to you, that I'm, I'm, I'm going to set Nils up to talk about Mr. Beast in this episode. Um, but it, it, it's why this podcast is valuable, and it's why it's um, providing value to leaders and um, uh, pastors, because they don't have the time to do it. But there are things to learn, and there are dots to be connected about what Mr. Beast is doing. And I even just right off the bat, I think it's really interesting um, – when you said how much, and you played a clip of it, how much he's reinvesting into what he's doing and how minimal the costs are of his life. I mean, single dude got rid of his Tesla for a Honda, whatever that means, right? Living in his studio, um, like doing these things. And so it's not 1.4 million for every video on top of this extravagant lifestyle where he's bought a $14 million house, right? All of these things. He's literally living in an unassuming way. He looks like somebody who should never be famous ever in their life, uh, right? You, you yes. would not get it. He dresses in that way as well. Like you're seeing him on interviews. He is literally only spending money on building these pathways, essentially, which is where the $9 billion evaluation comes from. The net worth doesn't come from cars and houses and like all this stuff he has. It comes from, wow, this guy created highways that has attention on it and we want that attention. And he's essentially saying, nope, I built all these and I don't want to sell them because there's nothing you can offer me that's going to, like, I'm not after the money, which I think if there's any lesson to be learned from Mr. Beast, uh, I think there's two, but I'll, I'll start with this one. It's he's not after the money. Mm. Um, and in some ways, I don't even think he's really after. I, I think he's happy the attention is there and he's yeah. built something that gets attention, but he's not losing sight of his core values, his yes. core content strategy for the sake of attention or for the sake of dollars. Yes. And I think uh, all of us as pastors, anytime we can have a heart check on what's the motivation uh, and why are we doing this? Why are we broadcasting our messages? Why are we posting stuff on YouTube? Why are we creating a social media strategy? Yes. Uh, just you know, pause this episode, think about that for a second, and then and then dive back in because uh, because there are some some things to be totally. learned. Well, this. and I think and I think before we jump into the present, and I and and I think we've kind of talked around the presentation. The presentation I gave uh, is at Dunham and Company, uh, where I'm the head of innovation. Uh, every year at their ministry summit, which is a gathering of all the ministries uh, that we um, work with at Dunham & Company, uh, I give a basically kind of typically like some kind of state of the union when it comes to technology yeah. innovation. 
presentation or some kind of unique, you know, uh, aspect of I've talked about VR, talked about crypto. Um, and so this year I did basically top 10 leadership lessons ministry leaders can learn from Mr. Beast. And that was my presentation this year. Uh, I actually, when I did my research, I watched every single interview uh, with with Mr. Beast um, and that I could find. I've, I've watched probably every video he's put out in the last four years. Um, this is I, what our listeners don't have time for. I, you know, uh, Mills, I, thank you. Thank you for doing it. I think I probably put 50 hours into this presentation. And what I came out with is about 20 lessons they could learn. I, I, you know, pulled that down to 10 lessons. Uh, when I do this presentation again, it will be five or six lessons. It was too many. Um, yep. and it would, honestly, I went like an hour and 20 minutes, uh, when I was allotted 50 minutes, um, and so it was, it was too much. It was kind of, you know, as, as I do a first presentation, uh, I learned as it's going out, but it was fascinating to watch even people just get hooked on different things from Mr. Beast. Um, so I want to highlight a couple of those, you know, key learnings, but I think Aaron, you, you summarize it well. And what Mr. Beast is great at that I think ministry leaders need to be paying attention to is attention. And what he is great at is getting attention and keeping attention. Because a lot of yes. times we think if we can do something radical and get a lot of attention, that's all we need for our church to blow up or for if we get a viral video. Uh, but at the end of the day, what Mr. Beast isn't doing is not just having a viral video and then the other videos don't engage. He's having viral video that keeps people's attention so that they want to watch more. And that's what's happening is that's why my kids are like, beast. And we all go to the living room because yeah. he got our attention with the Orbeez, uh, but he kept our attention with that video and the next video and the next video yes. by adding value. And he'll tell you his, and this is maybe what this was my final point. So I'll just get to the final point is what he focuses on more than anything else is creating great videos. Uh, he yes. says, I can wipe everything else away. Uh, I just want to create great videos. And if I'm not doing that, it doesn't matter what else I do. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, I think for church leaders, it's like, look, are we are we providing a great experience when people come to our church? Are we providing a great uh, experience when people watch us on YouTube? Are we creating uh, a great yep. experience when people see our content on Instagram? Uh, and so and how are you packaging that great experience? How right? are you like packaging? what, what's the thumbnail? Cause it was the thumbnail that got you. Yes. It was the so thumbnail that got you. What is this Orbeez in a backyard? It was the thumb. It was the packaging. Yes. You would have missed a great video if it wasn't for the packaging. Yes. But the packaging is what is in many ways attracting. Uh, but the, if you attract somebody and then they open the package and it's not true. good, it doesn't matter. And so, also true, but, but it is we, both, right? It is so both we're talking about both. If we don't have a great package, if we don't have a great, you know, like at the end of the video, or if we don't have a great product, uh, if we are attracting people and what we, what the perceived value doesn't match, then, then it, we wasted our time attracting them. So it doesn't matter if your sermon content isn't good. It doesn't matter how good your thumbnail is. Now, at the True. end of the day, if you have a good, and he's talked about this, so this is one of the other points, is he he sometimes, he spends somewhere between ten dollars to $15,000 per thumbnail, and he does all this testing with every thumbnail because he knows, and he said his, you know, in, in his interviews, that a good thumbnail is the difference between 50 million views and 100 million views. And, and so it's worth that $10,000 investment for him when he's looking at 
literally 50 million more views because he picked the right thumbnail or designed the right thumbnail. So getting into the weeds of optimization and attraction is so important when it comes to yep. social media. Totally. And well, I mean, I thought the, the other thing that's fascinating, you know, we're not talking about one or two thumbnails, even yeah. five. He's not testing five. I think he said, I think in that interview, he said that sometimes they're up to like 50, five, yes. zero, 50 yes. different thumbnails that they're testing. Then they find the one that wins. They, they do. I think they probably do some, I think he said they do some internal stuff with the team. Yeah. I mean, how fun is that? Right? Like, Hey, our graphic design team, let's be realistic, right? For sure. Our graphic design team is going to come up with eight or six or 10, yes. right? And then we're going to pass that around the staff. Uh, and we're going to have like a little tournament, a little, yeah. vote, little voting time, right? See what we think. And then I think there's probably actually some testing from the YouTube audience that he does as well. But first he, he vets it uh, in his staff, which I think is super fun. Yeah. Um, and could be, could be a cool uh, practice to be adopted. But yeah, we're not, we're not talking about one or two. We're talking about like 50. 50 different thumbnails that they're creating because it's that important. But I think I want to double tap on what you said, Nils. Really important that you're not tricking them. If you have a great graphic designer, but your content, the video packaging deal, uh, the, like the actual video, like you said, Nils, is trash, you're not going to continue. You tricked them once, you're not going to trick them again. Yes. YouTube realizes that as well because the retention was terrible because they're like, oh, this isn't what I what I thought I was going to watch. Yes. And then YouTube stops evangelizing your content, right? The goal is to get YouTube to evangelize your content. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, thumbnail is important, but the video is just as important. Yes. And you can't focus on one more than the other. You do have to focus on both of them in tandem. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The the other point, Aaron, that that I I think out of you know the full presentation that that I think is maybe most important for churches is is looking at where he started to where he is. And and one of the key learnings was that he started with just his his iPhone um, and with his smartphone. Yeah. And then when he literally he took his AdSense dollars when he made like fifty dollars and got a lapel microphone that he could wire, you know, wire into his iPhone so he could have a little bit better audio. And then when he got even more money, he bought a computer. So his first like 200 videos were just shot with an iPhone. Then his next hundred with just a lapel microphone. And then his next hundred with a, you know, he would shoot them on the phone, edit them on a computer. Um, yep. And so it, 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 at the end of the day, the lesson there is start where you are, not where you want to be. And the lesson, yes. the, what I hear from pastors, I say pastors, church leaders, anyone is yeah. once I get my black magic camera, once I get this Sony camera, once I get this microphone, yeah. once I get uh, my studio set up, then we're going to start creating videos. Um, and at the end of the day, we all have everything we need in our pocket. Um, right. excuses are out the door, um, and start with what you are, but then get better. And so when you, when you, and don't stop in like when you're, when you do, if you do have a studio and a black magic camera, maybe you should look at getting a second camera so you can do two camera shoot, or maybe you get some updated lights yep. or maybe you get a better microphone, like keep getting better. Maybe you work on the backdrop a little bit. Uh, but every video, and this is what Mr. Beast does, he just looks at how can we get a little bit better? How can we get a yes. little bit better? And he never stops improving. So don't let, there's no excuse not to start uh, when it comes to creating video content for social media. Right. Um, but there's also even like, you're never done getting better. And Mr. Beast is not done getting better. And it, he, in many ways, is the pinnacle of social media right now and YouTube right now. Yes. He actually was the fastest growing 
uh, YouTuber this year and TikToker this year. Um, and so he, um, yeah, it's just interesting that he's not just on YouTube. Uh, he's also right. on TikTok uh, and maximizing that platform as his two yeah. primary. And you look at his audience, 12 to 20 year olds, TikTok and yep. uh, YouTube is where they're spending the majority of their time. Interesting how all of the social media goes together to grow together. Uh, and it's not, you know, you, you want to do your bandwidth, but uh, being in multiple places is helpful to all of the places. And, and Mr. Beast is in a lot of uh, multiple yes. places, which I don't, I don't necessarily know if there's something to be learned there for the church leaders. But I think that uh, his whole, we should probably do a part one, part two on Mr. Beast. But um, on, on the YouTube side of things, yes. Um, Mr. Beast, I mean, creating those videos. I think one of the things that I, I said, point one at the beginning, point two, that I think is really interesting. And I was, as I've been thinking about this since your presentation, um, there's two places that I've seen virality happen around generosity. Hmm. Uh, Mr. Beast and Mike Todd at Transformation Church. Yes. And there's something contagious about generosity. And I think that you didn't mention this in your presentation, but I noticed it. Mr. Beast's content has shifted towards being around radical generosity. Mm -hmm. And there's something that's contagious to watch about that. And there's something um, contagious to celebrate about that, watching people be radically generous with like ungodly amounts of money that are just being given away. Yeah. There's something really attractive to people who are not attracted to money. Um, and, I, and I think that that's biblical. I think that's scriptural. I think that that's how God created and knitted us in the world. And so who better to create radical generosity content than churches? Uh, and it, I don't think you have to go and give away a million dollars, but I do think that there's more content that can be created that would mm -hmm. uh, increase that um, not only attractiveness to watch a content, but also the retention on the content. Uh, and so that that's kind of the second takeaway that I have with Mr. Beast is he has honed in on, yeah, he's doing some crazy stuff, but really what it boils down to is he did something wildly generous that is so attractive to watch that I want to keep watching that. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe people are, you know, watching it cause they're not being generous and it, it feels like they're being, they get that dopamine hit, uh, watching somebody else be generous, but what better way to encourage generosity and encourage that contagious nature of generosity than yeah. creating videos that highlight that. And you probably, as a church, are doing that in some capacity or another. Uh, you have some ministry, some focus of your church that's doing something at least once a year, maybe around Thanksgiving or Christmas, right? At least once a year, you're doing something where you could be creating a video uh, to start uh, around this radical generosity movement. And don't promote it to get money, but just do something radically generous and leave it there uh, and see how the viewing audience responds to it. Um, but generosity, I think, is something that he didn't really talk about. But all of his videos are hovering around that nails. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, you're the one who watched the interviews. You watch the content. Uh, thoughts on how the the generosity sauce plays into what's happening with Mr. Beast? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I I think I think one of the the flags that people have about that is that people watch hoping they're going to be the recipient of Got it. the money. And I remember even like my kids wanted to go see Mr. Beast when he was in New Jersey with, with his restaurant opening. And, um, and I remember, you know, uh, one of my kids saying, you know, I wonder if he'll just give us $10,000. <laughs> and it's like, there's that curiosity factor. 
but but I think there is, you know, I think one of the things that he is doing though is modeling generosity, and there's a contagion. There's it's contagious uh, when we see of like not just building our own wealth and our own you know, uh, kingdom, but, but really building God's kingdom. And I think that, uh, and, and so one of the things that he's done that, uh, partnering with Mark Rober is they've done these like team trees and team C's where they raise 20 million and $30 million to help plant trees and to clean, you know, the ocean and, uh, and pretty cool, you know, just ways that he is getting his community involved in being generous. And so he models generosity, in his videos and then he encourages his community and they didn't just met, meet those goals of 20 and 30 million dollars they surpassed those goals um and so i think you're right of like being being generous radically gen- generous and demonstrating that uh is definitely an interesting concept of how churches might be able to approach some of their content and i think i mean i think about even our missions funds um in, in churches is we often will highlight it on Sunday morning, but this is maybe great content for social media is mm-hmm. to highlight, look, we as a church are giving this. And, but not only, you know, are, you know, we're giving $20,000, but you can go and serve there too. Um, and so often I think we hesitate to do that because we're like, no, we want to hoard our volunteers. We want to hoard our giving uh, into the local church. Uh, but, I, but I think as we model like generosity, not just with yep. giving, you know, out of our missions funds to other organizations, but maybe even giving and connecting our church members to help serve and support with their time to those organizations as well. Uh, so I, I think there's so many different ways that I think we can do that and, and lean into generosity. And I think you're right. That's a big part of what is his virality is the appeal and, and yep. int, uh, attraction. I, I would say because it popped into my head. And then I think uh, we alluded to some analytics that he measures. Uh, and, I, and, and I think we can probably wrap with that. But yeah. uh, the <clears throat> biblical illustration that popped into my head when you said it might attract some people that think they're going to get something. Um, I think there's a lot of people literally following Jesus around the streets, uh, hoping that he was going to feed the 5,000 again. Um, and get a free meal. And I don't think, uh, and I don't think you were saying this, but, um, you know, I don't think we need to be worried about why people are paying our church and our message attention. Uh, I think we, uh, now I'm not advocating for manipulating people, but I think when we're displaying the right things and it uh, attracts a crowd and maybe they're expecting one thing or they think, oh yeah, I'm following Jesus, not because he's the savior of my life and he's going to forgive my sins, but because he might feed me bread. Um, or give me water or, you know, any of those things. Uh, I don't think Jesus cared because he was delivering the gospel. And I think as churches, um, we're not going to go out and do ridiculous things that aren't, you know, in line with Jesus. I think generosity is, which is why I'm advocating for this. I don't think it matters if who and what motivation our generosity attracts. Uh, I do think it's what we do with it and the message we continue to present to those people that it's attracted, that it has a great opportunity to, to change the world. But the generosity stood out to me like crazy. And even the graciousness when he's on somebody else's podcast and just how he carries himself. And um, I just think there's a lot to learn from how he is approaching all this platform and all this attention that he has been given. He's 24, right? A 24 year old is handling all of this. Uh, I think there's something for us as, as church leaders and people that could be perceived as, you know, celebrities in the pulpit can learn from a 24 year old, uh, that's handling yeah. $9 billion value, dollar valuation of attention, how he's handling that. 
Um, but Nils, let's jump into analytics. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not curious because I know, but I know our audience is curious. What are the things that Mr. Beast is evaluating success on? Yeah, really, there's two uh, key analytics that he's looking at. And that's uh, the primary is minutes watched or hours watched uh, of, of his videos. And then the secondary is click-through rates. Uh, and those are the two things that drive, you know, his channel. And, and so people yeah. will obsess over subscribers and he does too. He'll celebrate. We just passed 10 million subscribers or 100, 100 million subscribers. Right. And that is a result or, or we'll even obsess over views. But views really don't matter if, you know, they're not growing or if they're not watching for very long. And so what drives the algorithm more than anything is click through rate and average view time. And, and so... Uh, so I, you know, I think at the, at the end of the day, and, and then I think even with that probably total minutes watched, but the average view time multiplied by, you know, views is what gets you to total minutes watched. So uh, I, he's always looking at how can I get people to watch longer? Uh, because that's what's going to right. encourage YouTube to show my video to more people. And then if YouTube shows my video to more people, what can I do to click through rate is how many people saw your video being recommended and clicked it. And so that's based on the title yep. and the thumbnail. And so that's where that is so important of if YouTube shows that's it to right. people and nobody clicks on it, YouTube's going to stop showing it to people. But if YouTube that's shows right. it to people and they click on it and they don't watch very long, YouTube yeah. is also going to stop showing to people. But if YouTube shows it to people and a lot of people click on it and then a lot of people stay for a long time, that's right. YouTube is going to show it to a whole lot more people. And that's when your video goes viral. So if you pay attention to those two things, click through rate, uh, within YouTube and average video view time, uh, you, you, that's where you're going to see the needle move of your channel as a whole. Um, and, and then that's where you get into the micro optimizations. Uh, but yeah, that's those two things are the metrics to drive success on YouTube. And it's, and it's funny even hearing him describe it, like it's not complicated, but he doesn't just stop there. He obsesses yes. over, okay, how can we move the needle from, 10 minutes, yes. 21 seconds to 10 minutes, 22 seconds, uh, average view time. Uh, where are people dropping? What, you know, what are those things? If we do this, does, do we go from a 22% click-through rate to a 22.2% click-through rate? Um, and it's really like refining, nope. refining, refining. You're never going to get 100% um, view, you know, right. view duration or click-through rate. Uh, but it's always like, how do we, how do we just get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better? Uh, but those are there the two go. key That's metrics. It. And I think, uh, Nils, what you said, and this is probably the, the theme of the podcast here, is get a little bit better each day, a little bit better, a little bit better. But you're not going to get better if you don't start. And uh, if you're not embarrassed by your first videos, right? Cool. You hear all the YouTubers, all the content creators of this day and age say, if you're not embarrassed by your first video, you waited too long, or you still don't have any videos up. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you got to start and there's no reason yes. not to start pastor church yes. leader. Uh, and then as you continue to gain success, invest back in and get a little bit better, keep getting a little bit better. Uh, and so there's a lot to learn from Mr. Beast. Nils, I'm going to put our team on the spot here. Uh, I think, uh, you need to go to socialmedia.church. You need to subscribe to our newsletter and we're going to put together. I, I think we should put together all 20, the 20 learnings that you got from Mr. Beast, put put together a little document. Uh, okay. and if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you're going to get that sent to you. 
Um, but but we're going to give you though all 20. We just talked about a couple here. There Because I think there's some people that do want to geek out on it and that are going to be able to connect the dots for themselves. I know I've only heard 10. I'm like, well, what are the other 10? Like, what did you learn in those 50 hours, Nils? So uh, our team yeah. will put, put that together. Uh, but you, you got to yeah. be subscribed to our newsletter. Uh, and you're going to want our email list. You're going to want to do that at socialmedia.church. What do, you, what do you think about that idea, Nils? <laughs> I love the idea. Uh, I'm going to have to go find them because uh, I have notes all over the place and I have an unorganized mess, uh, but I will find uh, those 20 things. And I will do, uh, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about is, is uh, we'll do a webinar uh, for Social Media Church. That That's actually one of the things that I, um, and and maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll release this content in some ways, whether it's their webinar, whether it's through uh, email sign up. Um, I, I want to really refine this presentation yep. and refine it for church leaders uh, specifically. And so we'll, we're going to keep like the learnings yeah. that I gained from my yeah, research in Mr. Beast. There's a lot that, that are that honestly yeah. will we'll, we'll take hours to, uh, yeah. you know, uh, process through. Uh, but, but I think it's, there's just so much value here. And I think the opportunity for churches to lean in, I, you know, one thing I, I do want to say is, even highlighting our team at Amplify, um, one of our clients is is a church uh, called Perfecting yep. Faith Church here in New York, the New York area, in Long Island. Um, and their YouTube channel has really, I mean, uh, it's been incredible to watch it grow and to scale. And, and in the last couple yep. of years, we've seen it probably 100x uh, in engagement Different. and just steadily. Uh, week after week, refining those those thumbnails and refining uh, that that minutes watched, and it's we're taking sermon content. That's right. Packaging taking that on Sunday, YouTube, right after the message, and they're getting it ready for Monday. We, so the turnaround on time's yeah. quick. Totally. And so it's a great if you're looking for a church that isn't. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes people can look at elevation or transformation church and like I can't do that. And uh, but but at the end of the day, I'd say Perfecting Faith Church yep. is a great example of a church that just kind of week after week got better um and we've gotten to you know journey with them through that as our team is really managing that but it is a true partnership and how how it's working together because they're they got worked on their cameras and they worked on their lighting they worked on their backdrop um and yep. we saw just you know real intentionality in in that partnership uh, so a great example of a church that that is leaning into youtube and seeing incredible success That's of right. their their youtube channel now reaching all over the world uh with their content but also growing their local uh, congregation as well. So, uh, yeah, lots of things. You're, you're working Mills and I get better, episode, a little so bit better each and every day, and we're processing through it all with you guys on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, socialmedia.church is where you'll get all the things, uh, and we're going to keep leaning in, and we're going to get you more content around Mr. Beast uh, and the things you can learn. So, webinars, uh, PDFs, uh, more things to come uh, to to get you. Yep. Uh, just to help you process uh, these learnings more and more. So thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to this podcast to get all of our future episodes. If you would leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is uh, that you're listening, that helps us a ton. We also read all of those. Uh, so it gives us feedback as to what you're learning uh, and what you're gaining, the value you're getting from this podcast. So please go and do that. Uh, and we've got a contact form on socialmedia.church too. So if you want to leave us a message or topic you want us to talk about uh, or a guest yep. you would like to have, get us to have on, or if you'd like to be a guest on here, we'd love to have you. Uh, so reach out, uh, contact us, engage with us on social media. It's a lot of things. We'll talk to you again on the next episode. See you.